It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist, licensed nutritionist, certified nutrition specialist, And this show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company providing life-changing nutrition education and nutrition therapy. You know, today we want to talk about how using nutrition can help women get through perimenopause and menopause and not need hormone replacement therapy. You know, daily, a lot of women join that menopause group. Yep. (laughs) Interestingly... About 6,000 U.S. women reach menopause each day. That's a lot of women. That's over 2 million women per year. Wow. Big. That's huge, isn't it? That's huge. So many women dread this phase of their life. I've heard that a lot of times. And But I prefer to think of this period in life the same as the famous anthropologist did, Margaret Mead. She wanted women to experience what she called menopausal zest, you know, full of energy, confidence, productivity. And as an anthropologist, she saw that happening in many traditional cultures, but not so much in the U.S. Joining me today is Joanne Rideout, a licensed and registered dietitian, a grandmother of a new baby girl. How old? Yes, yes. eight days. Eight days. <laughs> now, Pretty exciting. <laughs> not only is Joanna grandma, but she's also experienced menopause. Yes. So she can speak to it from both a personal point of view and also from a professional point of view. Yes. Nice information to have. Yes, it is. You can relate. I can relate. <laughs> so we thought today let's open up the phone lines and let women ask their questions about menopause. Our studio number is 651-641-1071. There are over 50 different menopause symptoms. We want to answer your personal questions. And we want to let people know that we might be having a little trouble with the phone yes. lines this morning. So we're not, sure. Case, we're not <laughs> sure we can take callers, but we plan to. We're trying. <laughs> So also joining us today is Jennifer Barnes, who is also a licensed nutritionist, and she sees clients in our St. Paul office. Now, you know, Jennifer may not be old enough to have experienced menopause because, you know, she's a mom of two new babies. Well, not babies now. They're how old again? They're still my babies. Yes, they are. Two two and four. Well, they're still babies. (laughs) But really, Jennifer understands the science of menopause. And other hormonal issues besides menopause issues, lots of hormonal issues. Yes, so many women dealing with hormones um, imbalances. So so thank you, Dar. Um, You know, many women really believe that during menopause and perimenopause, it's our estrogen that is really the problem. The estrogen levels plummet, but that's not really what's happening. That's that's a first big one right Mm -hmm. there. It is. Isn't it, Jennifer? Absolutely. Absolutely. So... The first hormonal change that happens is a gradual decline in our levels of progesterone. While estrogen typically stays in the normal range or your levels of estrogen might even go up. I think sometimes, don't you, that a lot of women, they haven't even heard of the word progesterone before. Much less common than what we hear about estrogen. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And this is often new information, but this is the science. Progesterone and estrogen are meant to counterbalance each other throughout the menstrual cycle. But when progesterone levels drop, estrogen levels rise because there's not enough progesterone to counterbalance the estrogen. Now we, you know, this is what happens. We've kind of put an invisible lid and that invisible lid has been lifted in, and so then we have an excess of estrogen and the invisible lid is actually progesterone. And when that is lifted, we often end up with what is called estrogen dominance. And estrogen dominance can lead to many menopause symptoms. Now, if we're saying estrogen and progesterone so many times that you can't stand it, <laughs> we didn't know how else to explain this. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Bear with us, please. <laughs> but before we get into the symptoms, let's look at the science of hormone balance. So women, when, when we ovulate, our ovaries produce progesterone. And when we start into perimenopause, we often don't ovulate each month. So much less progesterone is produced. Um, perimenopause for women can sometimes start in their late 30s. I think yeah. that's really important to be aware of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that can last for several, several years. And then as we get closer to menopause, we ovulate fewer and fewer times, which results in fewer and fewer progesterone being produced. Yes. So maybe, let's, Jennifer, let's talk a little bit more about that. Sure. You know, just because you've had clients in their 30s, right? Absolutely, yeah. That are like into perimenopause. Yes. And how do, you, how do we know that they're into perimenopause? You know, the first, the first thing that I notice is those symptoms of um, a little light anxiety starting mm-hmm. to come on. Some sleep problems oftentimes. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they're just feeling a little bit on edge, a little bit not, not calm. Um, and that is, I mean, that's the first sign of that progesterone starting to drop. And sometimes they have, you know, the, not rather than having a 28-day cycle. It might get up to 35 days. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. those are just kind of signs of... Mm-hmm. But our ovaries, our adrenal gland, and fat cells still continue to make estrogen. So then we have excess estrogen and a very big deficiency of progesterone. And, you know, this is really totally opposite of what we were told before. Right. The science of hormones was discovered. And I think more and more science is coming out about this. Mm-hmm. And just as a side note, when women take birth control pills... They also typically stop ovulation. So, again, they're stopping that production of progesterone. I don't think a lot of women understand that one. Right. No. no. Yep. I don't think doctors explain that when, when they start them mm-hmm. on, on the pill. So you're not ovulating, so you're not producing that progesterone. So, you know, women in their 20s might have these same symptoms of low progesterone, the, the mood swings, even low libido, um, bloating, breast tenderness, again, because... They're having estrogen dominance and that low progesterone. And I've actually been seeing a lot of clients lately coming in on the hormonal IUDs with a similar problem. It also is going to prevent that ovulation and do that same thing, prevent the production of progesterone. Mm -hmm. So you can still have that same imbalance with the even that small amount of um, progestin from the IUD. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you have low progesterone and high estrogen, 
really the first thing to go is the sex drive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this happens often when women are on birth control pills. And as you said, on the the IUD, this has progesterone in it. And it happens at perimenopause. And, you know, women, they blame it on stress or they blame it on lack of sleep or having little kids. And maybe all those could be some of the reasons. (laughs) But really, biochemically, it is too much estrogen and too little progesterone. Mm -hmm. Simple. Sometimes it's a simple solution to these problems. That's right. And so let's look at other symptoms of exogen, estrogen excess or estrogen dominance and a deficiency of progesterone. Many clients complain of breast tenderness, breast swelling, as well as being bloated. You know, and I bet women that are listening this morning say, oh, that's me. That's me. That that's me. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. Yep. <laughs> Um, many women also experience mood swings, irritability, and even depression. And what is causing these uncomfortable symptoms? Again, it's, it's that too much estrogen and not enough progesterone. And because of the lack of understanding, women often end up on antidepressants, or they might be given a prescription for more estrogen, which can really make your symptoms worse. We see this all the time, don't we? And yes. clients that come into our office. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. Sometimes I'm all, I'm, I'm really surprised that people are still being put on like things like, you know, Premarin, which is an estrogen sub, or an estrogen medication. Right. And it's really surprising. And it's a synthetic estrogen. It isn't, you know, it actually comes from Horse urine is the source of it. So it's an, you know, it's uh, it's interesting that people are still using being put on these medications. Yeah, we see that all the time. So another symptom of decreased progesterone and estrogen dominance is weight gain, particularly around the middle. So then you go, huh? Why would estrogen excess cause women to gain weight? Well, let's look again at the science of menopause. At, at perimenopause and menopause, we tend to focus on the ovaries, but we have many other um, hormone-producing organs, including the thyroid gland. And we know thyroid pro- problems are very common during menopause and um, perimenopause years. You know, and I think that's also a new piece of information that mm-hmm. it is. people have no idea that, you know, other hormones are produced in mm-hmm. other er- glands. So. Right. So. so what are some of the typical symptoms of low thyroid function? It could be low energy, sleep problems, mental confusion, often weight gain. Thyroid problems, especially hypothyroidism, is often intertwined with menopause. So Dr. John Lee, he's the author of What Your Doctor May Not Tell You About Menopause, said there appears to be a cause and effect relationship between hypothyroidism and estrogen dominance. And that's interesting. We see, how many clients do you think we see every week with thyroid problems? Many. Many. <laughs> it's huge now. I many. would say 40, 50% of the people are are having thyroid problems, or or women particularly. Mm-hmm. So, so, so is it time take for that break? break? Yep. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. On September 13th, Leah and Dar answered questions on Ask the Nutritionist show, but because of the volume of the calls, they could not get to all the questions. 
So we thought we would answer some today. Question number one was, what are some healthy snacks for someone who cannot eat dairy? Well, one idea would be to take some nitrate-free deli meat, maybe some turkey, wrap it around some avocado slices, and have a handful of some carrot slices on the side. Or sometimes I make a crock pot full of chicken legs and have it with a half an apple and one tablespoon of almond butter. So if people are wanting to call in our number, and hopefully we can take callers, it's 651-641-1071. If you changed your nutrition, could it change your life? What if I told you that you could change your life just by learning the secrets of balanced eating? Nutritional Weight and Wellness can teach you how. They will do an individual consultation for you, your husband, or your children. They will create an eating plan that fits your lifestyle. Whether you're experiencing migraines or sleeplessness, depression, digestive problems, fatigue, anxiety, or need help with weight loss, nutrition can change all of that. More than 90% of all health conditions can be traced back to nutritional issues. Let Nutritional Weight and Wellness help you. Call 651-699-3438 or visit Visit weightandwellness.com to schedule your individual consultation at an office near you. That's weightandwellness.com. Let Nutritional Weight and Wellness help you. 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com to schedule your individual consultation. That's weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, there was another question that we didn't get a chance to answer before. What helps with restless legs? And, we, you know, we really have many clients with restless leg syndrome. And one of my first recommendations is to eat a bedtime snack with sufficient good fats, such as, you know, a few blueberries and heavy cream. And then I usually add 400 to 600 milligrams of magnesium. And Mm -hmm. for many people... That takes care of restless legs. That took care of my restless leg. Okay, good. (laughs) I used to have that. Okay. (laughs) But sometimes clients need to to get their ferritin levels checked. So that's a measure of your iron stores. Mm -hmm. Low levels of iron can can lead to restless leg. So your ferritin should be above 40, but between 60 and 70 is ideal. And there's more ideas to, to handle that. But let's get back to the menopausal topic today. Yes. Okay, should okay, we go yeah, ahead and take a caller? Sandra on the line. She has okay. a question. All right. Morning, Sandra. Do you have a question? Hi, yes. I have a question about uh, the perimenopause, about what you were talking about and the symptoms and everything. And that really hit home is I'm 44 and I have those symptoms. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was curious. The only issue is, is um, my older sister passed away last year from breast cancer. My other sister is currently surviving breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So I'm just very, you know, when you said about the low estrogen, and there was were estrogen-driven yes. breast cancer. Right. So what, and I buy your guys' supplements, the Nutri-Key, mm-hmm. which I love them. What would be a good supplement that's safe for me to take if I don't have these issues of the anxiety and the sleeplessness? And Well, I think, you know, a natural progesterone cream like Progest is perfectly right. safe because it's not an estrogen, you know, it's a progesterone, and that's what you're deficient in. And so we will have people take like a, a quarter of a teaspoon and rub it in any thin skin part of your body, like over your thyroid or 
on your wrists. There's places like that. And it doesn't take very much. It just takes like a quarter of a teaspoon at bedtime. You don't want too much. And that's about the right dosage. Because our ovaries typically, if we're ovulating, we make 20 milligrams. And that just is is what is in uh, a quarter of a teaspoon of the progesterone cream. 20 milligrams, you know. I know that some practitioners recommend 200. Well, we don't. We recommend 20. And that usually takes care of the symptoms. And, you know, also, you know, also make sure that you're taking magnesium and some of those things. And you're probably already doing that. Yes. That makes sense? Yes, yes. And and is this on your uh, website that I can order this off of Oh, sure. Yeah. And it's called ProGest. And it's the, yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Yes. Thanks for the call this morning. And... Joanne, I think we had another caller, right? Yes, we had another caller um, that had a question about cholesterol. Yes. And the association with cholesterol and menopause. Okay. And then I think she wanted to know, obviously, to me, what she was experiencing was probably higher cholesterol. And that's (laughs) not uncommon, is it, at menopause? No. Very common. It's more of a natural change in cholesterol. And one of the things that we have to think about is hormones are made from cholesterol. Yes. So it's like our body, mm-hmm. it, it knows what it should do. It tries to make more hormones and up goes our cholesterol number, yeah. especially our LDL cholesterol. Yes. Yeah. But I find that after people get into menopause, it usually comes down. Sure now, there's some other interesting research that shows that women who have cholesterol numbers between 200 and 240, I believe is the right number, live the longest. Yes. Isn't wow. that interesting? That's great. Yeah. So, you know, I think we don't have to be afraid of cholesterol. Right. Um, unless, of course, we're eating a lot of trans fats and sugars, because that really brings up the bad cholesterol more than anything. And we don't want, I mean, of course, we we want it in a normal kind of okay range. But right. um, so it depends on what people are eating. Yes. And I think this lady also had another question. About, about vaginal, vaginal dryness? Atrophy. Yeah. Or vaginal dryness, yes. Okay. Well, I mean, I can, I, I don't have to keep talking to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, progesterone cream is also very helpful for that. Yes, progesterone cream is very helpful. Now, there's a couple of other things that I often recommend to women is make sure that you're taking a fatty acid called GLA. Mm-hmm. And lots of it, like six a day. Yeah. Because that hydrates, that oil hydrates the tissue. Yep. And vitamin E is very effective also. So we have to keep those tissues hydrated so that you don't have vaginal dryness and, you know, breakdown of the tissue. Right. And along with a good fat intake. Yes. I think that's a good point. Yep. Very good. So should we get back to what we were talking about before or do do we want to? Okay. Let's go back to what we were talking about and then come back and take some more callers. Okay. So before the break, we were talking about the relationship between hypothyroidism, so low thyroid, and estrogen dominance. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's look a little bit about the, the science of that connection. When estrogen is not counterbalanced with progesterone, it can actually block the action of thyroid hormone. And that is really new information for mm-hmm. most people. That is. That was even new information for me. Yes. <laughs> you're, you're always learning. <laughs> That's true. Yes. 
So, so you may have a perfectly normal thyroid producing normal amount of, of thyroid hormone, but with this high estrogen, the estrogen comes in and blocks those cell receptors for, for your thyroid hormone so it can't get into the cell. And when that happens, along comes the weight gain, fatigue, that cold hands and feet, cold intolerance. Yes. Things yeah. that we always associate with thyroid. Thyroid. Yes. Yeah. But we again, we have people go to their doctor and they test and it's normal. They say mm-hmm. it's fine. But it's not getting into the cells. Absolutely. Right. So estrogen causes food, especially the processed carbs, to be stored as fat. While the thyroid hormone helps food to be turned into energy and build a good metabolism. Mm-hmm. So again, thyroid problems for many women is intertwined with menopause. If your cells are not receiving the appropriate amount of thyroid hormone because the cell receptors have been blocked by excess estrogen, then often weight gain occurs. And we know that over a quarter, 25% of women in or near perimenopause have hypothyroidism, at least this. I really think this is... This is what research shows, but I think just working with clients, it's more like 40%. I think it's higher. And they're on medication. Usually it's a T4 medication, but frequently these women find themselves still gaining weight, mm-hmm. even after being prescribed thyroid medication. So again, the question is, why is the medication not correcting the metabolism problem? Well, if your body has an excess of estrogen and a deficiency of progesterone, remember how we said the estrogen can block that thyroid hormone from getting into our cell, and then no fat burning can occur. So, Joanne, do you think we could take another caller or yeah, I think maybe we just to give people a chance to... Okay. Oh, where, break are time? we... Break time? Oh, oh okay. Well, maybe right we after break. <laughs> All right. So, you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Another question a listener had is, what should I look for in determining if I'm buying a good multivitamin? And that's a really good question. But one thing to look for is to see if it contains any dyes or colors. Any food dye, such as red number 40, is not healthy and should not be in a multivitamin. No, you don't want to be taking in any chemicals with all those nutrients. Um, You know, another thing you can do is is take a look at the, the minerals in the multivitamin. So, Calcium, for example, if you see calcium carbonate or magnesium oxide, that's a sign that that's a, they're using low quality minerals that aren't going to be absorbed very well. Um, so it's best to stay away from something like that. And questions, please call 651-641-1071. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, over the past several weeks, we have been updating our menopause class. In recent years, there's been so much additional research that what was in the past a three-hour class now is a four-hour class. So we have decided to offer this class as a seminar, and we will teach the first two hours, then have a nice, organic, balanced, light lunch, Sounds and then good. finish up with <laughs> one and a half hours, and then we'll have time for personal questions at the end. So I will be team teaching the first menopause seminar on December 6th at the Maple Grove office. And so to learn more and to sign up, call 651-699-3438. 
So we have space for about 30 people, I think, at the Maple Grove office. Yep. So I would say if you're interested in this topic <laughs> and need some answers, sign up quickly. Yes. So I'm not coming out of retirement. I'm just doing this on top of everything. <laughs> <laughs> and besides, continuing education credits will be offered. So should we take some callers and yeah, find um, out what's, what kind of questions they have? Lots of callers today. Okay. That sounds great. Is this Mary on the line? You have a question about low estrogen? Yes, I did. Um, you know, thank, thank you, ladies. I've been listening to you for several years now, and uh, it's just been great. I've thank you. changed everything about the way I eat and cook and all that. Uh, Super. So first thing, I, w- I went off trans fat, and then now I'm gluten-free, dairy-free. I cook at home. And do you feel good? Uh, I, well, I did. <laughs> okay. I do. I do, and I, I'm sugar, pretty much sugar-free. Um Almost completely. Now I do blueberries, but uh, I had tested very low estrogen when mm-hmm. I went in with perimenopause, and so I got on the pill, and that was many, many years ago. Well, I don't know, eight, seven, eight years ago. After listening to you guys for about a year and a half, and I had changed everything about how I ate and following everything, I decided I was going to get off of it, so mm-hmm. I did. Okay. And everything came rushing back. Yep. I, I was all thinking I had I was safe. It all came rushing back and so then I, I went in to get my hormones tested again and I, I decided, you know, if I do it again I'm gonna go into some natural hormones. Mm-hmm. And I tested very low again estrogen. I did try the Progest cream first and even some estrogen gel first and, and nothing really seemed to help. I wasn't sleeping well because I was waking up so many times. So I, you know, I got on Mm-hmm. You know, what What you're experiencing, Mary, is not uncommon. We hear this story a lot of times that the, after you've been on a estrogen replacement medication and you try to go off of it, people always have more symptoms. This is not uncommon. You know, if, if you'd gone through menopause kind of naturally without that that medication, you would have slowly weaned down and you would have had less and less and less and then your body would have been adjusted to it, and you would probably not have the symptoms that you're having now. So how do you, you know, you go back and say, okay, how do I manage to get off of this medication? Because, you know, if you look at the research, you know that it is not probably healthy to be on it for a long period of time. So then Uh what do you do? What I usually recommend is to go back and work really closely with your doctor and gradually reduce the amount that you're taking. You know, yeah. you know, maybe for three months you go at a certain level and then you drop it down just very slowly and you drop it down and drop it down while you also make sure that you're using enough of the progesterone so that you can kind of counterbalance some of that. Does that make, I mean, that's, and that has worked. I did actually try to do that, but maybe I still went too fast. Yes. I'm on 100 milligram progesterone pills. So I should have enough progesterone. Well, you might do better uh, with the. You might um, do better. A, you might oh. do actually better with the cream, because uh, sometimes I didn't, it didn't if help at all. Well, maybe we're not using enough. Mm-hmm. You know, oh. that's the other thing. Sometimes we have to. I mean, Joanne, you said I use it twice a day. Yeah, she uses yeah, it twice. I half, use it a quarter of a teaspoon. Quarter of a teaspoon twice a day. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it you know so I, maybe come in for an appointment because we. 
we help people kind of titrate down or at least kind of give you the directions to work with your doctor so you know how yeah. to do it. And, you, yes, you have to do it slowly. But you can. Right. I mean, you it can a happen. A month at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I dropped it down an eighth of a patch. Yes. A month at a time. And it yes. still, I got down to a half and I couldn't stand it anymore. So it was over like four months. I went to half. And uh, that may have been too fast. Okay. I mean, really, I'm thinking three months at a time. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have to really go gradually. So, okay. okay? okay but come in and us. see one of us. You know, I'm going to do that. Okay. Sounds that. good. Joanne would be great because. Yeah. You know, she's got this down. (laughs) (laughs) I do. Okay, thanks for the call, Mary. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that a lot of people are going through. A lot. Yeah. Very common. So should we take another caller? another caller? Sure. Is this Linda on the line? You have a question? It is. Hi there. Good morning. Hi. Um, The reason that I'm calling is uh, I'm 57 years old, and I've had hot flashes for at least 10 years. At different times, I've uh, used the estrogen patch, or, um, and it takes care of the hot flashes. Um, I most recently have stayed off them for the last um, probably six months, and, and like your previous caller, um, you know, I've just been kind of on and off at different intervals, because I don't want to be taking it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, about six months ago, I was listening to you, and and my thyroid, I've always felt that maybe somewhat of an issue. I requested a full thyroid panel, and my levels continue to go up slowly. Uh, and uh, the other thing, when they tested the um, antibodies, and I can't recall the test completely, but a normal range would be 35, and mine was 355. Okay, mm-hmm. wow. sure. And so yep. um, I just was at the doctor yesterday. They retest, uh, They are doing another thyroid panel to determine whether I should go on um, uh, Android for one of the replacements. Well, so, you know, so Linda, one of the things that's happening is that you're, you're, well, you've got probably Hashimoto's disease. That's and, what I thought it was indicative of. Yeah. 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 So I think one of the first steps to do is you actually probably have too much toxic estrogens in your system. So what's happening is the thyroid hormone that you're making is not getting in to the cells and it's messing up all your other hormones. And that's probably, it could relate to having more hot flashes and, or it's who knows, but guys, you know, I, I really think it makes sense to come in and see one of us and sit down and help you get through. There are certain foods that you probably are sensitive to. Okay. We, we see that people that have, that have high antibodies often are gluten sensitive okay. and, and sometimes dairy sensitive. Yes. So okay. uh, I, I guess, come, you know, come in and, and sit down with one of us and let's see if we can figure out how to, how to get your, your horror hormone system rebalanced. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, can I just ask one more question? Sure. Um, if, if I go on the, the, hormone replacement or the centroid, uh, well, that then I realize I need to do more than just that, but does that somehow affect the hot flashes? It might make them worse. Well, it make it really? It could, okay. very easily. And okay. so, you know, I, I think 
I think you have to walk very cautiously with that and get okay. your rest of your body working right before you. I know that's what I think, unless, you know, unless your numbers are way off, you know, it would be better to sit down with you. Okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> okay. All righty. Okay. Thanks that's for the call. I mean, interesting, yeah. interesting callers this morning. Yeah. Yes. That's great. Very good. So should we get back to what we were talking yeah. about? Um, I've kind of lost track of where we are. Okay. okay. We so were talking about thyroid. We're talking about thyroid actually yes. in our script as well. So there's more to the story about thyroid, excess estrogen, and menopausal symptoms. So this is what a lot of our callers are asking about too. So remember at least one quarter of women in, in or near menopause have hypothyroidism, and it is not uncommon for women to suffer with thyroid problems, also have depression. Yes. And there may be many bi- different biochemical reasons, but one of the causes is excess estrogen, not allowing the thyroid hormone to get into the cell. And I'm sure we all have many clients coming in, um, you know, the first appointment, and yeah. they're really distressed about low energy. Um, they're gaining weight. They're, they're, mm-hmm. feeling, they're feeling depressed. But they're oftentimes already on thyroid medication. It didn't fix their problem, though. They're not feeling like themselves. We hear that a lot, we don't we? I'm just not feeling like myself. Yes. <laughs> yep. So, so what's going on then? Well, again, when we have excess estrogen, often the thyroid hormone, whether it's produced in the thyroid gland or maybe you're taking a medication, it can't get into the body or the brain cells. And that's exactly what we were talking about with last caller. Mm-hmm. You know, possibly it would work, possibly it wouldn't. So hypothyroid and depression are related on many levels. You know, excess estrogen that blocks the uptake of the thyroid is just one reason. Eliminating or decreasing the level of toxic estrogens. You know, it's kind of like we got two different, well, at least a couple of different kinds of estrogens yeah. in our body. And that's why it's so hard to understand. It's such a difficult concept to understand this hormones. And, you know, the toxic level of estrogen may be one of the keys to, if you could get rid of it, you might probably, we find that people have more energy, they start losing weight, and their moods get better because they have better energy. That's right. And in the past, we were told to get rid of menopausal symptoms, we needed more estrogen. But again, that recommendation was not based on scientific research. And in July 2002, the huge women's health initiative study was actually stopped because the data showed that the risks of long-term Prempro use use clearly outweighed any benefit. So there were more detrimental effects. Women on the synthetic hormone combination were found to have more breast cancers heart attacks, strokes, and blood clots than those who were on no hormone replacement. And that's what we were talking about, Primpro is Primarin, this artificial estrogens, things like that. Mm -hmm. So it is break time, right? It is, (laughs) once again. Kind of hard to keep up with all this this way. Okay, so you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Research shows that by the age of 35, the typical woman is already deficient in progesterone. So signs of progesterone deficiency are decreased sex drive, low energy, trouble sleeping, mood swings, hot flashes, and night sweats. 
And to put your hormones back in balance, we recommend the we all recommend the natural topical cream we mentioned earlier in the show called Progest. Um, it's the same cream that Dr. Christiane Northrup, that she's the author of The Wisdom of Menopause, recommends for all her clients. And we'll be back in a minute. When my family starts with, what's for dinner, what's for dinner, sometimes I feel the answer is a plate of desperation with a big side of stress. With no plan, it's too easy to hit the drive through or the deli for a meal that's overpriced and overprocessed. But now there's an answer to the daily dining dilemma, the Weight and Wellness Way Cookbook and Nutrition Guide. Because it's a cookbook, it's got recipes sure to become family favorites. Because it's a nutrition guide, it explains how to eat for good health. You'll feel good, too, eating real food that tastes delicious. The nutrition educators at Nutritional Weight and Wellness have helped thousands of people use nutrition science to feel their best. And now you can find their wisdom summed up in one book. Then the next time they start with, what's to eat? You can say wild rice meatballs or easy almond chicken or an egg bake for brunch. Real food and real nutrition will make it real easy with the Weight and Wellness Cookbook and Nutrition Guide. Get your copy for $24.95 at any Nutritional Weight and Wellness location or online at weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, just around the corner is Halloween, and then it's Thanksgiving, Christmas parties all through December, and we top it off with New Year's parties and with a Super Bowl. All potential weight-gaining opportunities. (laughs) It sends fear among many. We hear this all the time. We do. So, you know, maybe sign up for the Nutrition for Weight Loss program that starts the week of October 27th. And really, if you follow the program, you can probably be six to 10 pounds less by mm-hmm. Christmas, but you're going to be feeling great. You won't be in that carb fog. You know, think about it. It's a great gift for yourself. So to sign up, call 651-699-3438, or you can go online at weightandwellness.com. And we've had a few callers, haven't we? We have. So yeah, should we take today. a couple of callers? Yes. That sounds great. Is this Crystal? Good morning, Crystal. Morning. Morning. Good morning, Crystal. Hello. Hello there. You Hi. have a, you have a question for us today? Yeah, I just recently experienced um, a lot of eczema in my hairline, and I'm wondering if that and scalp if that has anything to do with menopause, or maybe it's just stress. I've never had eczema before. Okay, who wants to tackle this one? Anyone? Sure. <laughs> Actually, eczema could be a sign of uh, food sensitivity. Right. Often people are sensitive to either dairy or to gluten, and then it can play out as, as, as eczema. And sometimes this uh, you may not have been sensitive to these foods ever in your life before, but if you've been under a lot of stress... Or something like that, or, mm-hmm. you know, who knows. Uh, that can kind of change how your immune system is working, and suddenly you can start be, to be sensitive to it. So okay. we would say cut those out for six weeks and see if it doesn't clear up. See if it helps. Did yeah. Did you say cut out gluten? Cut out gluten and cut out dairy products. Okay. And, and just see. I mean, lots of times it just goes away then. All right. Well, thank you. Okay. Thank you very much for the call. Thanks. 
So let's take another caller, another Joanne. Caller? Good morning, Vicki. Do you have a question about Estrace cream? Or is it Therese? Good morning. Vicki? Maybe try a different line. Okay, Joanne. I'll try. I'll try. Julie on number five. Are you? Good morning, Julie. Good morning. Well, maybe we not. Maybe our callers didn't stay with they us. Didn't stay. Okay. Yeah. Hello. Hello okay. there. Hello. Therese. Yeah, this is Therese. Yes. Oh, good. We've, good. You had a question I, for us today. Yeah, I have been um, on Synthroid since for almost twenty years after uh-huh. my son was born, and I've always had, and especially it gets worse as I get older, really poor circulation. My hands get cold really easily. Um, is there anything you would recommend? Go ahead. Well, um, Teresa, the first thing I would do is um, actually make sure you've, you've gotten a full thyroid panel done, including looking at um, the possibility of any antibodies. You know, just the, the, the fact that that came on after you had your baby, I mean, that's a very common time as those hormones shift to um, have your immune system uh, kind of change as well. So that will help um, kind of guide us in the best way to handle the thyroid. Um, what else? Any? Well, I so think. When, go, go ahead. Oh, you, when you, they test my thyroid annually, that's not a full thyroid. No, panel, that's right? just they only are doing the TSH. Okay. So, you know, you want a whole panel, and that includes yep. the antibodies. Mm-hmm. There's two, okay. two antibody tests to, to ask for. And then, you know, depending on what the answers are on those tests, you know, many different things could be going on. I mean, you might have Mm -hmm. a food sensitivity that's causing some of that. Or you may have too much estrogen and the the thyroid hormone that you're taking is not getting in and not working really properly for you. And so lots of times we have to help people detox those more toxic estrogens out of their body. And and that we we detox estrogens through our liver basically, so we have to support our liver so that we can get rid of some of those. So there's lots of different answers. I you know I again, I would say come in and sit down with one of the nutritionists and see if we can get to the bottom of this so that you can get your system working better because it's only going to get worse as you get older. Make sense? Yep. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you. <laughs> So let's go back to kind of talking a little bit more about um, the science of hormones. And that makes sense? Yes. Yep. So um, most women in perimenopause and, and menopause have excess estrogen. So it's a condition called estrogen dominance. But, but why? Why do so many women in the U.S. have this problem of estrogen dominance? You know, in our menopause class, we have a PowerPoint slide that shows that when we have excess fat cells, we also make excess estrogens. And we know that 68% of the population is overweight. Mm -hmm. And if we lose weight, we can reduce those toxic estrogens. That's right. And we also know when we eat vegetables, especially those veggies like broccoli, kale, spinach, cauliflower, cabbage, beet greens our bodies naturally get rid of the excess estrogens. I often recommend clients do a protein shake. It's real simple, delicious, um, 
portable protein shake with a scoop of whey protein, um, a scoop of our dynamic greens, which is just a, a green antioxidant powder with lots of fruits and vegetables, and then add a, a quarter cup of some canned coconut milk and some water. Um, so that'll help detox excess estrogens, mm. and it's just a great tasting shake as well. Simple. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Now, we also sometimes recommend a special supplement that's called Estrofactors to help the liver detox these excess estrogens. And it works great for people. It does. We also use support using the natural progesterone cream. It's called Progest. We talked about it earlier. And this counterbalances the decline of progesterone and the overproduction of estrogen. So thank you for listening today. And thank you, Jennifer and Joanne. And thank you, Derek. Have a great day. Good to be here. Too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.